All right, welcome in, welcome back. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners of all ages, it's the Outsider Sports Football Podcast kicking off our off-season coverage. I'm Ryan Valley. With me tonight, my good friend Corey Jason. We're going to talk about the franchise tag, some players that have already received it, are rumored to receive it, and some still up in the air. Uh, I have a quick question for you regarding an AFC quarterback's future, but real quick, two things I want to mention. First, I know your favorite segment. I know what it is. We're going to get there. Don't worry. But the other one is maybe you've already seen in an offseason where Bill Belichick and Nick Saban have moved on uh, beyond their coaching gigs. Another big pillar of the sports community is moving on. Peter King, I guess, is retiring. So I wanted to give – he'll never hear this, but I wanted to give my thanks out into the endless void that is the internet. He was a big inspiration for me. Obviously, what we do at Outsider Sports with the podcasts and writing columns and everything. So, Peter King, it's well-earned. Enjoy the retirement. Thank you for myself and for so many others, the inspiration. I want to get into it here now. That AFC quarterback I mentioned, Russell Wilson, where will he cook in 2024? Some people are asking that question. It's not the hot topic maybe right now, but we know the the fallout in Denver. One of the worst trades of all time, Sean Payton. Then there's some nasty, illegal stuff going on this past season. It's going to take a miracle for Russell Wilson to still be employed by the Denver Broncos for the 2024 season. So my question to you, Corey, is where is Russell Wilson going to play, if anywhere? I want to start it off by saying that what the Broncos did or attempted to do was despicable. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand how the NFLPA isn't shouting for sanctions against the Broncos. You know, Sean Payton should be suspended, if not forced into being fired in retirement. That's embarrassing. Same with Broncos ownership, the general manager, really anybody who had any hand in trying to kind of get Russ to get off his high horse and almost suspend himself from the team. Because like we saw that one video, right, of Sean Payton really getting into Russ's face, trying to get Russ to fight back. And if Russ fought back and yelled back, he would have been suspended for con uh, conduct detrimental to the team. And that would have voided his contract. That's what the Broncos wanted. This isn't cool. You can't do this. So I hope, I really hope there's some karma coming the Broncos' way. Now you can say that comes in the shape of being in the division with the Chiefs, Harbaugh, and Antonio Pierce-led Raiders. Sure, because the Broncos are now the bottom feeders for at least another five years, if not a decade or more, but something bad needs to happen to them. They need, they need to face the music. Yeah, absolutely. And this isn't Sean Payton's first rodeo it being in the scrutiny of doing something morally and legally wrong. Somebody needs to put a bounty out on him. Yeah. But uh, in terms of Russ and where he's going to cook, steel city needs a, needs a, a chef out there. I think Pittsburgh's a really good option for him. Another team I was thinking, Atlanta. I know they're connected to Justin Fields a lot. But, you know, if they miss out on him, Russ isn't a bad pivot. And those are two divisions that are semi-winnable. The Steelers, with an all-time great head coach, will always be in the mix. They'll always be a playoff contender. So Russ will be able to elevate them. And quite frankly, nobody in the NFC South scares me. Nobody. 
So Atlanta with Russ could do some work there. Yeah, I, I've liked the Russell Wilson to Pittsburgh idea. I think they've tried the young quarterbacks. They already tried the veteran with Mitch Trubisky, but I mean, we're that's a different ballpark than Russell Wilson, especially Russ's sort of resurgence this past year that we saw. And that's what makes it even more appalling is the Broncos were winning games. Like Russell Wilson was cooking amidst them trying to force him onto the bench. Like that's what makes it even more appalling. So I definitely think Russ going to Pittsburgh, even if you really market it as uh, a quarterback battle with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph still in the mix. I think that's what would best serve them. I'm still definitely team Justin Fields for going to Atlanta. I think that'll fit better, especially with those playmakers opening up that dynamic. One other team I thought of for Russ could be the New England Patriots. That's a tougher division with the Bills having won that division the last couple of years. Miami was on the cusp of it this past year with Tua staying healthy. And of course, Aaron Rodgers coming back. We'll see what the Jets turn out to be. But Russell Wilson could be the stopgap for New England. Yeah. I think that'll take the pressure off of them to not just take the third best quarterback like Chicago's going to take probably Caleb, then it's Drake May. So it depends what, well, maybe. That leads me to my next one. Once you finish your point, I got a, I got an idea. All right. Um, so it's up to what you think of Jaden Daniels or if there's a curveball thrown in there. But at third overall, taking your third choice of quarterback, instead of taking Marvin Harrison Jr., I mean, when was the last time we saw New England with a really good wide receiver? Probably Randy Moss. Kendrick Bourne? Exactly. I like Kendrick Bourne, but come on. Uh, I think it would give them a little more mobility at the top of the draft, even if they wanted to trade down. Um, it takes the pressure off them a little bit, uh, especially Mac Jones, not the answer. Uh, we'll see if they can even trade him or release him, but Russell Wilson to New England, that's another possibility. But what did you have? So you had me you had me going first. I think Caleb Williams, as of right now, does go to the Bears at one. I am buying the Jaden Daniels to Washington hype at two which would leave three open. I do think the Pats trade back because their roster is nowhere near ready. Mm -hmm. But in talking about Russell Wilson, what about Washington taking Jaden Daniels at two, letting him sit a year or two behind Russ? Jaden Daniels, known, you know, project quarterback. He's not a plug-and-start day-one guy. He would benefit from learning, you know, and who better to learn from than Russ? Russ could teach him when to use your legs, when to throw. Not that they're the same type of quarterback. Russ is a bit more of a pocket passer than Daniels is, but he can kind of train Daniels how to maneuver a bit. You know, having that veteran presence, and then from a possible future Hall of Famer, I know he was on track early in his career in Russ. I think Washington getting him for a year or two to help mentor Daniels, giving him that security and starting because that's what he wants, right? He wants to have a starting job. And I think that would be a very interesting option. Let me give one counterpoint to that. You mentioned Jaden Daniels, project quarterback. This past draft, perceived project quarterback, Anthony Richardson, came right out of the gate, looked pretty good. Hey, I was always on that Richardson train. You knew that. I did know that. I never thought he was a project. I'll just say, that perception was out there. It's there again for Jaden Daniels. I know Caleb Williams... The, we're sidetracking a little bit for combine talk. Caleb's not going to be at the combine. 
uh, or he might be there for like interviews and stuff. He's there for interviews. Cause I yeah. saw the Giants spoke with him today or yesterday, but there's a new trend with guys not throwing at the combine yeah. waiting for the pro day. I saw another big name was doing that too. Was it Jaden Daniels or was it Drake may? I think That's it was Drake wrong. may. It was Drake may. So I don't even think Marvin Harrison's really showing up at the combine either. Other than for questions. Yeah. He doesn't need to, we didn't know how he's going to be good. But could neighbors leapfrog him? If neighbors really shows out at the combine, anything could happen. Leapfrog him? That's why I say Jane Daniels could come out and have a really nice workout this week. It'll be interesting. Is all I'm I hope say. he leapfrogs May. I, I I like May a lot, so I want May to fall to three. Then the Giants straight up with the Pats, and the Giants get a Josh Allen clone with the guy who made Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Interesting. Have you heard more Josh Allen? I've heard more Justin Herbert for Drake May. I've heard a lot of well, I've heard a lot of Josh Allen, but that might just be because I'm in that New York area. Could be, yeah. And we have Dayball as our head coach, so you kind of want to equate it to the guy that Dayball made. Yeah. But to be fair, there are also Daniel Jones comparisons to Josh Allen when he was coming out. Wouldn't that be the other way around? No, Josh Allen came first. What did you say? There I must Daniel- have said backwards. There were Josh Allen comparisons to Daniel Jones when he okay. came out. I might have just heard that wrong. It's been a long day, man. I might have said it backwards. Regardless, when Daniel Jones came out, and even up until last year, there were Josh Allen comparisons because, you know, the big 6'5 body, yeah. bulky guy with, that can run and throw. Just one guy put it together, and the other guy doesn't have an ACL or a neck. One of them has Brian Dable right now, though. Josh Allen to the Giants confirmed. The pass rusher. The pass rusher. You know, that's a good segue, Corey. Let's start there. I know we, we gave this list in a different order, uh, but Josh Allen, the pass rusher, the real Josh Allen, please stand up. Uh, if you're Jacksonville, I feel like you have to make sure he stays on your roster, right? Whether it's franchise tag being used, if it you can't get a long-term deal done, but Jacksonville had... It was funny how in 2022, they get hot at the right time. They steal the division away from Tennessee, and now the inverse happens. They were in the driver's seat most of the year. Then right at the end, they choke, and that led to Indianapolis or Houston getting in. Ended up being Houston, and Jacksonville stayed home. So they had to have taken a step back and sort of figured everything out. But, I mean, Josh Allen is probably – Arguably your most important player, maybe. Certainly on defense, but I mean, Trevor Lawrence, the prince that was promised, as it likes to be said, hasn't hasn't looked much like a prince throughout his career. He's had moments for sure, but not He's totally living up. Yeah, not living up to that. Um, good quarterback. Good quarterback. Some might even say a great quarterback, but not generational, not elite. Not yet, and that's why I think they kind of should let Josh Allen walk. You know, keep that money and just fill that offense up with talent. Jaguars defense is good. I, I don't think Josh Allen be, was the player that he was promised to be either. Coming out of was a Kentucky, I believe. He was a, you know, supposed to be a top-tier pass rusher. And he's good. He's very good, but he's not great. You know, he's not somebody that wrecks a defense on his own. And I think letting him walk and saving that $25 million that he would cost 
might be better off if you can fill your offense out. Calvin Ridley's not a 1A wide receiver like they thought he was going to be. They need to let Calvin Ridley walk because you don't want to give up. Was it a second-round pick? Yeah, this is going to be signing. So go out and get a receiver. There's a lot of receivers on the market. You're good at running back. Tight end, I always think you can improve, especially over Evan Ingram. Build up that offensive line. There's a few good offensive linemen out there. And just get everything Trevor Lawrence needs to succeed. Use that money and put it elsewhere. So I think they should let him walk. And I don't I don't think tagging him or signing him long term is uh in their best interest just because he's not a you know a great player and that money could be put to better use. Yeah, they certainly have things to improve on offensively. And I guess the hope would be can former first overall pick Trevon Walker take that big next step and and him be I mean, that was sort of the big debate in that draft was do you take traits and athleticism or do you take the production? They went for the traits and athleticism with Walker compared to Aiden Hutchinson. So it's time to see, can everything come to fruition for Walker and make the transition of moving on from Josh Allen a little more of an easier choice. Let's stay in the AFC South. The way I was originally going to start this segment the man behind me, your favorite segment. It's Cole Report Weekly here in the middle of the show. Because earlier today, on February 28th, Chris Ballard spoke to the media and said, come September, Michael Pittman Jr. will be an Indianapolis Colt. Now, whether that's the hope is to get a long-term deal done, if not, and he said it so many times the previous years and already just this week, it's a tool that he would like to use if need be. The franchise tag could go on Pittman, ideally, that's not what's going to happen. For me, it's easy. Michael Pittman, he's going to be on this team. I'm doing everything I can to make sure a long-term deal is done. I would overpay if I have to. We have the rookie quarterback, the young quarterback. We don't have to pay him the big money until likely a long-term deal with Pittman is already done and through. And we have some other key players uh, ready to hit the market this offseason. Grover Stewart on the D-line. Julian Blackman, Kenny Moore in the secondary, which was already the weakest part of this team to begin with. I would use that franchise tag tool elsewhere and ensure that Pittman is going nowhere for at least the next four years. Quite frankly, I'm surprised it hasn't happened already. I don't know why you didn't look to lock him up last year. I think with the Jonathan Taylor stuff. He, He showed out last year. He showed you enough, and it would have been cheaper last year. Should have done it during camp. Should have done it during the bye week. Should have done it yesterday. But, you know, no better time than today, right? Absolutely. Michael Pittman Jr. needs to be a Colt. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the NFL. That's no secret. I just think that he's a great receiver and exactly what the Colts team needs. Now they should target him more often because it seems like he's always quiet for one half or really three quarters of a game. It just has one really, really productive quarter when it matters most. And maybe he should try to not take so many hard hits. But it's going to be a 20 plus $20 million, let's say. Four for 80? Yeah. Four for 80-ish? Probably around there. You know. Four for 85. Right, maybe 42 to 43 guaranteed. About half guaranteed. I think that's more than fair. I, I just don't see how you can let him walk. You're going to overpay him. I don't think he would get this money on the open market. He might get a little less. 
but he's your guy, and especially everything that happened with Jonathan Taylor, make one star happy. Yeah. This is definitely already going smoother than the Jonathan Taylor talks. I know the, the negotiations have been ongoing already. Yeah, that's the whole other thing, too, the positional advantage. But Ballard, early in his tenure with Indianapolis, has always had a wealth of cap space. And he said, well, we're going to reward our own. That time is now. This is some of his earlier drafts. This is guys from the 2020 draft. That was his, I guess, his fourth one. So it, it's this is it. If there's no better time than now to start using this cap space, because this is one of his better drafts, was 18 and 20. And one of his bigger hits from 18, Shaq Leonard, the artist formerly known as Darius, we saw that uh, come to a unfortunate end uh, between his injuries and, and production. But Pittman's been, you could argue, after Quentin Nelson, his best draft pick in his tenure. So, yeah, either way, he'll be there in September. Hopefully it's on a long-term deal and not on the tag, but he will be there. Kansas City just won the Super Bowl in no small part thanks to their defense. And Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed, both impending to hit the market. Now, I, was it officially placed on Sneed yet? I, I don't believe it was. I think it was official. I think it was likely. Likely. They're leaning towards putting it on Sneed. Now, I think you need to do whatever you need to do to make sure Chris Jones is on your defense next year in chasing that three-peat. Legereus Sneed is one of the best corners in the league. Is he the best corner on your team? Yeah, Trent McDuffie, too. I don't know of another interior presence in the league like Chris Jones. Aaron Donald, obviously, is a monster. He seems kind of quiet. Whenever I watch or listen to a Rams game, yeah, they'll talk about him, but it'll be like, did they mention Aaron Donald yet? Maybe that's because it takes three linemen to block him, but Chris Jones is a one-man wrecking ball, no matter what you try to do to neutralize him out of the game plan. This reminds me a little bit of, in a much different sense, though, Daniel Jones and Barkley. They're both up. They're both important. So what do you do? To me... It's like Daniel Jones and Barkley were better. Better than Jones and Sneed? No, yeah, that's what I mean. They're not better. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think if Jones and Barkley, if you let one or either of them walk, what what are you doing? on offense. Barkley is your best offensive player. And then otherwise you don't really have a quarterback. Now Jones ended up missing almost all the entire year anyway, due to injury. And you saw how that worked out. No offense. None taken. Thanks. None, none to the, the passing Paisan, but I think Chris Jones is too instrumental. I'm doing everything I need to do. I'm talking to him first, contract extension. If that falls through at the last minute, I'm putting the tag on him. And I'm just keeping an ongoing talk with Sneed regarding an extension. But that tag is going on Chris Jones. If Sneed hits to hit the market, I'll let him go. 100% I agree. I think Chris Jones is your top priority. They should be working on it. If he gets the long-term deal, then I focus on Sneed in that you go from there, although I should be talking to both of them at the same time because at the end of the day, you'd like to retain both of them on long-term deals. You'd rather not have to use the tag on either and have to worry about it. But Jones is your priority. Let Snead uh, go if you have to. 
you know, hopefully you have a good enough relationship where any offer they get, they bring back to you and let you at least attempt to match it. But I, I, I think both get retained by Kansas City. I know some teams like the Eagles I've seen have a lot of interest in Snead. I don't want to see that. But long-term Jones, tag Snead if you have to. I would like to see the transition tag like we talked about off-air a little bit where basically it's a lesser dollar amount, but it allows Snead to go find his true value and then requires him to bring it back. And if he walks, if you don't want to match it, you don't get any comp picks. Now, comp picks are great, but this will help you get a long-term deal for Snead done because you'll at least know his value out there. Yeah, and I've seen, too, the possibility of the tag and trade, which I think is definitely the route Carolina should go with with Brian Burns. Interesting, because I have a tag and trade for somebody, too, but it's not Brian Burns. So I think Brian Burns, phenomenal edge rusher. Uh, we talked about, like, they don't just grow on trees. But like you mentioned with New England's roster, Carolina's. I mean, they were my offseason darling a year ago, and everything just blew up. It's an entirely different regime already from a year ago. Uh, Brian Burns is sort of your one guy. So you have no first-round pick because you mortgaged the future for Bryce Young in a trade-up last year. It's time to take a step back, accept the reality that you're living in, tag Brian Burns, trade him for what you can get. Ideally, it's a first-round pick. A team like the Rams, surprisingly, I think still have their first-round pick. I think they just got it back. Unheard of. And I know they've been wanting to get their hands on Brian Burns. I think last offseason at the trade deadline, that rumor's been there a while of Brian Burns going to Sean McVay and the Rams. Maybe this is the time for it to happen because I don't see how Brian Burns, I mean, it's your one piece. You needed a complete rebuild already. That's what I would do. I don't think the Panthers are in a position to trade him. They have no leverage. Everybody knows that they can't keep him and they won't keep him. Because for a rebuilding team like that, it just doesn't make sense to put money into that position. You know what I mean? So I think they let him walk and get the comp pick for him. I think he just goes. He'll get a comp pick. Wherever he goes, he'll get a really solid deal. But a tag and trade, I just don't think they have the – they're in a position to really demand anything from anybody. Well, I don't know what their cap situation is, but I mean, you can't imagine they'd really be paying a lot of other players. So it's not like they, I don't think they have to move on from him. I think it could certainly handicap them in the coming years. If you really break the bank for Brian Burns. Now their right tackle Taylor Moten is got a $30 million cap hit. That's quite a lot. Yeah. What's their overall because everyone just got like a, what, $20, $30 million boost to their cap space. Yeah. So they have a lot of space. I'm trying to see how much money they actually have. They have uh, not that much. They got $36 million in cap space for 2024. That's enough to work with, I think. Yes, but I don't think it's enough to really warrant keeping Burns. I think Burns walking 
restructuring, bringing in free agents. Their offensive line was terrible. Yeah. They, they don't have a receiver. They have Adam. One. Yeah, Adam Thielen, Jonathan Mingo. I was thinking Mingo. I was thinking Mingo too last year until he didn't do anything. That's a, DJ Chark. He's really going to. Is Chark still there? It's just a rough all around, and they're better off putting that money elsewhere. Yeah, we'll see what this regime decides to do with just the roster management in general. It'll be interesting to see. Are we going to be sitting here a year from now talking about the Panthers trading Bryce Young? I think he might go the Mac Jones way, just cut. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like already you mortgage the future for this quarterback, and then this entire regime gets cleaned out. It's a new one. They have no ties. They didn't make that decision. So we see it a lot, too, with teams just cutting bait early and quick. Yeah. And then other teams holding on for dear life for a guy they think has a little bit of talent. Was that one a little a little personal? Year six is the year he breaks out. Year six. Listen, if it didn't happen by by year three, I don't know. It's okay, um, he, Jason Garrett. We can't blame him. Oh god, always a scapegoat. Uh, you mentioned you did have a tag and trade for one of these players, so we got two players left. I'll let you. I want for a third though, also when we're done. Okay. All right. So you go whichever one the tag and trade is. T Higgins. Okay, that's what I thought. The reason I said it was for T. Higgins is, one, unlike the Panthers, the Bengals are in position to be demanding because they tagged him. He makes their offense better. They don't have to move him. Now, they won't give him a long-term deal, but they got Super Bowl aspirations this year with a healthy Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. They don't have to trade him, but they could. So they are in a position to demand, you know, hey, we don't got to move this guy. Give us a you know first round pick for him, second round pick, whatever it may be. He'll be your number one receiver. He's our number two. We got uh, you know Tyler Boyd in the wings. We don't have to move him, but if you want to give us something, make it worth our while, go for it. And that's why I think a tag and trade is you get to keep him if you don't find a trade you like. But if there is an offer out there, you can move him, and I think he's a prime candidate for that. Yeah, and that's been the discussion. I mean, pretty much since last offseason, like, what are they going to do with T. Higgins? There's trade possibility there with them from a year ago because he was that second-round pick. He was the first pick of the second round that year, actually, one ahead of this guy behind me. Um, So no, like, fifth-year option or anything. So T. Higgins, you're absolutely right. They are going to make a run at the Super Bowl because Burrow, not healthy last year, and they still were held afloat with backup uh, in Browning, they could certainly get there. They want one more run at it. But what do you do then with T. Higgins? Uh, I don't know what the dollar increase is for a second franchise tag. If Burrow comes out, another unfortunate injury or can't recover from these ones, and then you, you let him walk. You, what if well, I'm saying this is in September, October yeah, yeah. now? Do you trade it before the deadline? Oh, I think it's got to be on the table to get anything back. Yeah. But then your element well, of leverage sort of goes out the window. You never want to go into the year thinking that, though. You want to think that you got a chance to win it. Yeah, and they absolutely. absolutely do have a chance. So may as well do everything you can now in March to go do it and then worry about September, October when it comes because you don't want to bank on injuries. And if Joe Burrow gets hurt, 
it's a very movable contract in the middle of the year. And you should be able to get at least something half decent from a team contending. So Joe Burrow has been paid. Jamar Chase is going to be coming up soon. Is there any reality where the three of them with Higgins are all locked up long-term? No, I think it's, I, I think it's a Burrow and Chase show and Higgins is just riding his last ride. Yeah. Okay. Not unless he drops his price dramatically. Yeah, because, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, Higgins is the number two in Cincinnati, but, I mean, half the rest of the league, he'd be their one. Like Very Ayuk-like. Yeah, so we'll see with Cincinnati. Hopefully it works out. I like them as a trio, the franchise quarterback, and two stud receivers. It's usually a good recipe, assuming health. Yeah, I mean, there's another LSU wide receiver that might just go to uh, Cincy anyway on a trade. I don't know about the Vikings looking to move Justin Jefferson, possibly. They don't want to pay him. You think uh, Higgins for Jefferson, one for one? Straight up. Well, maybe you got to throw in bombing. Yeah. uh, I have a very – you think I feel strongly about Josh Allen. Don't ask me about the Vikings' backup quarterbacks. They costed me a fantasy championship. Jaron Hall. I feel you. I feel you. Zamir White did that to me. All right, one more name I have before you throw one out. Like you said, Anton Winfield Jr., safety down in Tampa Bay. They certainly have a lot of moving pieces here. Uh, Baker Mayfield, they want to get a long-term deal done with him. Mike Evans, there's a lot of speculation about. They already released Shaq Barrett, their edge rusher, and then Anton Winfield in the back end. He's been one of the best safeties in the league since he came in a few years ago. I mean, this is simple. I'm doing whatever I need to do to make sure Anton Winfield stays on my team. It's a game of chicken between the two top safeties on the market. Xavier McKinney, Antoine Winfield Jr., both top-of-the-line guys. Neither, I think, gets record-breaking money. But they both end up being top five paid safeties in the league. So I think it's a matter of who wants to bite first, sign that long-term deal, because the other one's going to top it. So I think if you're uh, Tampa Bay, you have to sign them long-term. Obviously, if it doesn't work out, then you tag him. But they're in an interesting position because they got Baker Mayfield also up. Baker led you to the playoffs. When you have a guy like Baker Mayfield beat out Philly on the road, or I mean, I guess at home in the playoffs, how do you let Baker walk? If you can't get a done deal with him, you got to tag him. So they got stuff they got to figure out, but I think you got to try to lock up Antoine Winfield Jr. long term. Yeah, and like you said, it's a game of chicken against the Giants, and in that situation, from the team perspective, you want to be first. I mean, Winfield's going to be trying to hold out, wait for McKinney to get his deal done, but Tampa Bay's, they got a lot going on, a lot of moving parts, like we said. So ideally, you want to get the Winfield block checked off first, long-term deal, keep that franchise tag as a tool for one of those guys on the offense and you said you had one other name to bring up as I we got, wrap up here? Yeah, I got one that's kind of three. It's going to start with Saquon, but also Josh Jacobs and Tony Pollard. You got these three top-of-the-line running backs available. What do their teams do? Do they just let them walk? Do they tag them long-term? What happens with the, these three nut jobs? I've seen, I've seen this discussion plenty already, actually, um, because it's not just those three. It's also Austin Eckler. It's also yeah. Derrick Henry. It's also, yeah. and he's had a rough couple of years injury-wise, J.K. Dobbins. 
um, this is a loaded free agent running back market. So it's very easy to let all these kind of all these guys just kind of play musical chairs with each other. And Derrick Henry will go to Baltimore. Maybe you guys will bring in Tony Pollard and Austin Eckler will go to Houston. Uh, maybe, maybe not Tony Pollard, but one of them, maybe, maybe. And then of course you always have the draft, which I mean, from round one through seven through undrafted, you can find good running back production. It's the unfortunate cause that has the effect of this running back market is it's very easy to find good running back play. Yeah. It's tough to find great running back play, but I mean, these are mainstay guys. These are guys that the last couple of years have been regarded as top five at their position with Henry and Barkley and Eckler. So how many of these guys went in the first, first, you know, 13 picks in the, uh, in fantasy football, it's in the first round and a half of fantasy football drafts. Eckler went first overall in mine. Uh, oh, that's a stupid Henry pick. went Henry. Yeah. <laughs> and let me get uh Jefferson at three though. That's good. I mean, Saquon was a top, Two round pick. Yeah, I think Saquon went maybe round, maybe round three for me. Only because we do eight man, so it's Josh Jacobs very similar position. Yeah, Pollard was a borderline first round pick in a lot of leagues. Yeah, Eckler was a top six pick. Derrick Henry was a top two round pick, and Dobbins was a top four round pick. So you got guys that were expected to have a lot of production last year, and just you know. Give him a pat in the back. Thanks for your service. See you out the door. Don't let it hit you on the way out. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's what you do really with running backs, especially with a lot of these guys. I think as of right now, with that increase in the salary cap, where a lot of teams have a lot more money than they expected, we'll see guys like Jacobs, Dobbins, and Saquon stay. Because I do think the Ravens still really like Dobbins. But guys like Eckler already have one foot out the door. They don't want to be back. Their team don't want him back. Yeah. Derrick Henry's old. Pollard sucks. Like we, we saw Pollard his first year with as a total starter, just completely, you know, you know what, the bed. Not good. So I, I think about half these guys will stay on their respective teams on a short term, if not franchise tag deal. Well, the other half go off into the sunset. Like there's a very realistic chance that like Derrick Henry doesn't get signed at all. He's got so much mileage. I I've been saying he's had too much mileage like the last two years, and he was still producing. Yeah, but now he's I a think free he's agent. sort of the exception. I I now I he's think, a free agent. I think he'll get signed. You know who else is uh who wants to make a comeback? Since we're talking about running backs, real quick, oh. Adrian Peterson said he wants back in. Oh brother, would you bring him in? Let him compete with JT in the backfield. I'll let him compete with. Uh... Trey Mason and Evan Hull. Hey, that's I got him in Dynasty. Evan. Actually, I, remember, I remember his, I think he was the one at the combine when I was watching last year. Every single rep that he got the ball in his hands, he would sprint all the way to the end zone. Like it was high school football practice. So he has that mentality about him. And we'll see if anyone, you know, combine is happening I guess later this week, the big workouts, but everyone's sort of congregated in Indianapolis right now for interviews and all these negotiations with trades. It's it's pretty infamous, all the, the backdoor stuff that sort of goes on uh, at this week. 
We'll be back next week here on the Outsider Sports Football Podcast to talk about who we were impressed with from the Combine, any other sort of developments that come out. Free agency's right around the corner. We're excited. The offseason is here. One of my biggest football hot takes, the offseason is just as, if not more exciting than the regular season. That's because we don't watch good football. It's not. It's because I like to not have a heart attack during the spring like I do in the fall. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you guys again for listening. We'll be here all off season with all sorts of coverage. So stay tuned and thank you for listening to the Outsider Sports Football Podcast. Mm-hmm.